Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello and welcome to another episode, yet another episode, Linda, of Ayers on the Road. And, and we're so happy to be off the road. And out of the air. We had a nice show last week from London, which was so fun. And um, this week... We were eight hours in the air from to New York City, and then we stopped to see our little grandbaby there and meet our little Etta Joy. Oh, Iyer. that was the highlight of it all. April was just a blur. We we had speeches in, uh, well, here was our itinerary, three times in New York City during the month of April, and one time in Rome, and one time in Zurich, and one time in Edmonton, Canada, and one time in London. And of course... The London, one of the London ones and one of the New York ones was much more important than any speech we might give because it was the arrival of the two greatest babies in the world and the two, into the two greatest cities in the world. In New York, along comes little Etta Joy Iyer, a beautiful little granddaughter. And in London, a wonderful little grandson named Gabriel James Wright. And you met her, their, his mother last week on the show. Right. Um, if you missed it, you might want to um, take a listen because we had a lot of fun there uh, interviewing her. But we are about now. About her home birth. And, about her home birth. In a tub in the living room with Linda looking on and sort of sneaking little pictures to send to me surreptitiously. <laughs> Actually, it was a glorious experience. We had so much fun. I have to say that I, I was really scared. I, did, I don't know if I said that last week or not, but <laughs> I told Charity, I, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure? And um, that it was pretty amazing. There were two midwives there who looked like they were about 14 and 18, but they were so <laughs> competent and so great. It was such a marvelous experience. Now, to tell you the truth, so, I'm kind of glad I wasn't there. I mean, I love going to hospitals Well, no, you would not have births, been. You would not have been allowed there I would there not anyway. have done well in no. a home birth. I'm just so glad these two little babies are both here safe. safely. And, you know, how great to have a grandson and a granddaughter born the same week. Yeah, it's and, awesome. You know, in New York and in London, we're just so thrilled. It's like it's like we had so much travel in, in April and so many speeches, but looking back, all we really are going to remember is the arrival of those two little grandbabies. Absolutely, and which leads us to our topic today because we are talking today about grandmothering and grandfathering and how that applies to Mother's Day, which is coming right up. Mother's Day is coming. And Next I, week. I, I want to just say, because I, I, I just think it's so interesting that two or three years ago, we, we started working on a book on grandparenting. And we the reason we did it is because, you know, you walk in any bookstore, or you look on Amazon, and here's a thousand titles of all different kinds of parenting books imaginable, and hardly anything for grandparents. And here we live in a time when grandparents are maybe the fastest growing segment of our population. I mean, people are living longer. There's now 80 million baby boomers in the United States. Just think of that, Linda. 80 million people who are now between the ages of 
Uh, basically 50 and 70, the baby boomers. Yeah, who have the... Who the, most of them are grandparents. Yeah, potential, if not the, their actual grandparents. They really... It really is an amazing time when you think, when we think about, about our grandparents, we hardly knew our grandparents. I, I didn't know. I only yeah. had one living grandmother. I have some vague, really early, you know, mem childhood memories of my grandparents who I, who I remember as really, really, really old people. And, you know, everything's changed. It used to be that you would you would fondly hope that you could live to to be a grandparent and to see your grandchildren be born. Now, you know, eighty is the new sixty, as they say, and and people are like, well, I not only want to see my grandchildren born, I want to see them graduate from college. I want to see them get married. I want to I want to be here when they have babies of their own, and I'm a great grandparent. I mean, this is just it's common just happening nowadays. so much more. And I do have to say about a, a year ago, I thought, you know what? There's nothing out there really for grandmothers. There's so much on mothering, but there's not much at all. Uh, Leslie Stahl did a book on grandmothering, I think, this year. But there's just nothing kind of a on how book. to. Yeah, there weren't, weren't any serious ones. And Oh, I didn't finish my story. story sorry. So we're going to set out to write this book on grandparenting. And then you're sitting over there working on it, Linda, and you're including recipes and you're including Grammy camps. And I'm thinking, wait a second, wait a second. This has got to be a separate book. Grandmothering is one thing and grandfathering is another thing. And I'm looking at our two new books right now. And let's just say that the grandmothering one is three times as thick <laughs> as the grandfathering one. I ended up trying to conserve and get it down to just a few pages and, and get it down to something I thought grandfathers would really read. So let's look at the pages, Linda. Mine's barely 100 pages long, a little over 100 pages, and it's called Being a Proactive Grandfather. And believe me, folks, it's just the basics, because I'm thinking if I'm a grandfather, what kind of book would I read? And the answer is something very brief and to the point on grandmothering, on the other hand, well, mine is 343 pages, <laughs> haha. But uh, I did ask them to make the print a little bit larger so that you don't have to run and get your glasses to, to read it, which is fun. And uh, also, you know, I just realized that I had so much fun with my grandchildren, but every grandmother is unique. There's so many different ways to be a fabulous grandmother, a great grandmother. Some uh, grandmothers have their children all living on the same street. Some are across the world. You know, some are living without a spouse. They've lost it for one reason or another, uh, lost him for one reason or, or another. And so they have a whole, totally different set of challenges. Um, there's so many different things. But you know what? We're all in the same boat. We all want to do the best for our grandchildren. We want our grandchildren to know how much we love them individually, not just as a group. Not just as a group, it's true. And, and But I will say, I mean, just being candid, as we always try to be on this radio show, Linda, it is part of the goal of these two grandparenting books is to encourage grandparents to be more proactive. We, we are a little shocked as we travel around and meet with parents and others, grandparents, we're a little concerned that there, there is a certain segment of the grandparenting population who are basically saying, okay, we're done. We did the parenting thing. 
Now we're not involved anymore. We want to go play golf. Now, we honey, want to go live you, in a retirement you, Wait a minute. You're speaking we, about grandfathers. Uh, grandmothers no, are no, always sometimes involved. Sometimes grandmas too. Well, we run into grandmas and say, I don't want to tend those babies. You know, I've got too much to do. There are all kinds, as I just said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are all kinds, but most grandmothers are so amazing. In fact, um, I solicited help from friends because I felt like, my life is just very different than a lot of people's and we need ideas from people that are living coming from a different place and a different time yeah you did and, a good uh, job on that you it was really been so good i have learned so much and we've been i've incorporated their ideas it's but really do, you, do you think linda some do you think part of the issue is that some grand grandmothers particularly try to do too much and, and they're sort of too invasive and they're they're always in trying to do so much with the kids that the mother feels sort of pushed aside? No, I do not. Oh, okay. I just I wondered. Think, I but just there wondered. is a section in here about duct tape, about uh, when you have a temptation to say something because so often, you know, we feel like, can't you just say no to that child? Just say no. And I, or, yeah, and I, I'm gentle about doing that. Richard, I whip out the duct tape and drop it over his mouth because he oh, says giving, exactly what he thinks. When I'm giving exactly parenting advice. When you you're mean? giving parenting advice. Yeah, but I'm, I just think there is a balance that particularly grandmas, but also grandpas have to find in terms of not abdicating, being involved with these grandkids, but not, not sort of, bypassing the parents you know what i'm saying yeah just, i do you've got to coordinate it with the parents you i think i think it's a great idea if you're a grandparent to take your kids the parents of your grandkids without the kids just you and your kids the grandparents and the parents go out to dinner have a meeting and talk about the grandkids and and the grandparent basically says Look, these are your kids, you're the parents, you're in charge, but I'd like to help. Let's talk about what kind of help you would appreciate. We did something really interesting last summer. We um, actually, Richard prepared a questionnaire. Like a survey. A survey. And he handed out at a family dinner with just the adults. And we asked the question. Yeah, um, how, how, how much do you want us to talk to your kids about valleys? How much do you want us to be involved with your kids' lessons and music and sports and and how much do you want us to have the kids uh, over at our house? I mean, we just went through a whole litany of things and it turns out that not all of our kids wanted the same kind of help. It was really members. fascinating. Um, some of them were just, I want that only when I ask and others were anytime, bring it on. We need all the help we can get, you know, but it was good to know because we are more careful about uh, the help that we get. So I'd say that's, that's, that's probably principle number one for grandparents is do everything you do in harmony and in communication with the parents. Well, there's also issues of incorporating in-laws and I address that in the book there. I mean, we have been so blessed with our in-laws. They're just amazing. But I have friends who are Does really me, though, struggling. They want equal time with our grandkids. <laughs> That kind of bugs Well, me. no, I'm talking about our in-law children. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. But, All right, um, right, right. I mean, now co-grandparenting is a whole different thing. But um, our in-law children, um, they come with a whole package of their own, you know, and they have to incorporate those things in their lives. And 
we have a pretty strong family culture. <laughs> and so yeah, um, it's been an interesting process, but it's something that needs to be talked through and, and uh, thought about. Well, I want to ask you, Linda, because Mother's Day is coming up. It's just a week away. And um, first of all, let's get this out there in a hurry. You're going to be signing your books. If, you, if, if there well, are listeners in Salt Lake City, you should know about these two dates. I think the first one, I'm going to, well, I'm wait, going to join you. Know. you but it's mainly your party, Linda. Let's face it. I'll well, bet just you, because it's Mother's Day. I'll bet you out of the people who come to buy our books, there will be nine women for every one. There will be nine grandmas for every one grandpa. I'm just going to sort of be sitting there as I a, so. a sidelight. <laughs> but your first one, I'm saying yours, I'll just join you there in case somebody comes by that I want to meet. But well, your first one's tomorrow. It is tomorrow. I, I, no, it's today. Well, it's today. When it's, you're, today. it's today. Because if you're listening Saturday, to this on May 5th, it's Saturday, right. which is Saturday, yeah. Um, it will be today from 1230 to 230 at the Midvale, um, Desert, Desert Bookstore. Book yeah. And Desert Book has been so kind. This is not a Desert Book publication. It's but not an LDS book. It's a general book for all grandmothers. Right. So, but we are going to be there, uh, at the Midvale Desert Bookstore and we'll give you the address actually in the second half, but we'd love to have you come down even if you don't buy come the book hi. just come and yeah. say hi and let's visit for a little bit and then the next say if you missed that one the next saturday on the 12th we're both going to be at the main deseret bookstore right across from the temple on south temple and uh, we'll be there at the same time 12:30 to 2:30 it's interesting Linda. we have had a lot of notes from people who listen to the radio show every week and when can we come to a speech or meet you well here's a chance we hope some of you'll come by and We'll get to know you a little better in person, either today or next Saturday. So the names of the books we have not mentioned, actually. Oh, yeah. Let's um, talk about that. Uh, go ahead. Well, you go ahead with yours first. Well, I mentioned mine. Mine is Being a Proactive Grandfather. And that's the whole. But by the way, one of the cool things about my book, Linda, haha, since it's the <laughs> NBA playoffs right now, on the cover is a great quote from our old buddy Danny Ainge saying, our grandkids are our legacy. This book helps us maximize our influence as grandfathers. And that's a great deal. Uh, mine, on the other hand, is just called Grandmothering, but the subtitle is The Secrets to Making a Difference While Having the Time of Your Life. And actually, it is the time of your life, especially for us these last couple of weeks. I love the picture on the cover. You look like you're, you've got two of your grandkids on your lap, and that you look like you are having the time of your life. <laughs> well, I said from the get-go, I am not going to be on the cover. I'm not. And the publisher said, yes, okay, they won't put somebody else on. Said, okay, if you're going to put somebody else on, then put me on. They'll up, think so. it's me. But so the kids better. cover me up, so that's good. Anyway, we're going to come back um, in just a few minutes and continue this conversation. Take a brief so break and on. back and on ground. Right back. Just a moment. And we're back. Today on Ours on the Road, we're talking about grandparenting particularly because Mother's Day is coming up, and I have a brand new book called Grandmothering. Maybe and we ought to call the show for today Grandparents on the Road. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a lot of grandkids, as many of you do, you're on the road a lot just getting around to see all of them. Yeah, right. It's, I mean, we have a particular challenge with that because we have one in London, one in Europe, and Zurich, one in New York City, and one in Hawaii. And, 
couple in Phoenix and and then Thank goodness some they all live in nice back. places, Linda. Yeah. What if they live? I won't mention some of the places. I'm glad they don't live. You know, I'd like to start out though this segment saying that I I have to say that this is kind of a unique book because it talks about a lot of things about developing a one-on-one relationship with the kids and then having a group activity with kids there. I do grammy camps with the kids every summer, so that's on. But it also has three other unique things. First of all, uh, recipes. There's a few <laughs> favorite family recipes. The last chapter is about reunions and how we do our reunions. And actually, the unique part of that is that there are simplified clicks online. And so that if you want to really see how we do it, just this put in, you know, reunion 2000, whatever it was. Dot com. You mean while they're reading their book? Yeah, they, while they're they reading the book. Questions, right? Right. If they okay, but I I see what you're saying here, but I want to see it. Then you just put it in your computer, and you get to see exactly what the deal is. There's also a lot of ideas for uh, doing service with kids. So you're saying there's a lot of and links. And so there's in the book. links. There's links. Okay. Also, there's a blog that's connected to the book, and it's called. You just go to grandmotheringbook.com. Grandmotheringbook.com. Yep, grandmotheringbook.com, and that'll be on the um, BYU radio uh, website. But it is fun because um, if you want to see the birth of those two babies, just go to grandmotheringbook.com. I just posted it last night, and so that you can see that tub blown up in that living room in London. Or all the gory details are not there, but the joy is there of... um, this little baby being born and there's nothing like that. That's glorious. You know what it sounds like, Linda? It sounds like we're sort of lobbyists. We're we're advocates of grandparenting. We're on here just trying to pump people up about how great it is to be grandparents. And that, that really is actually what we're doing. <laughs> it actually is. And, uh, you know, they're just, it's so fun. The girls have helped with this. And as I mentioned, the first other, other grandparents have really, other grandmothers have given me a lot of good ideas. But um, we also have um, a way to um, have these recipes on this blog so that if you have a recipe and you don't have the book with you, you can just go to the blog. They're all listed on the blog. And so you can just set up your computer and look at it. As you cook, so there's some unique things. I, th- I think what you're actually saying, Linda, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, in addition to having written a book to grandmothering, the greatest book on grandmothering ever written. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And but in addition to that, what you're really doing is you're you're creating a community, uh, a community of grandmothers where ideas can be shared, where where motivation can be shared, where tips can be shared where right. people can do a better job at this role. It's a role of the role of grand of grandmother, a very important role historically in all societies. Grandmothers have kind of, we, we sort of owe it all to them. You know, it's pretty, it really is pretty exciting because grandmothers are dynamic and they, um, they have so many great ideas. I'm glad you mentioned that because there are ways to comment. I mean, you go to the comment section uh, on this blog and like this is what I did we love that I'd love to get these ideas and, and incorporate them because you have so many terrific ideas that you've done that I couldn't possibly have gotten in the book so it's continuing ideas as we go through when it comes to the grandfathering book again I tried to be much more brief 
again, uh, our publisher said an interesting thing to me. He said, you know who's going to buy your book, Richard? The grandfathering book? And I said, no, who? I hope grandfathers. He said, no, grandfathers aren't going to buy it. Grandmothers are going to buy it and <laughs> give it to their husbands. And I said, okay, Never. whatever. And but But I just tried to focus on what you want to be as a grandparent. So there's just 10 chapters and they all start out with the word being. Being your grandkids one-on-one -on -one friend, being their champion, being the connecting link to their ancestors, being their consultant, being their gatherer, being the one that pulls them all together for reunions, being a financial facilitator, how you can help your grandkids financially irrespective of how much money you may or may not have in ways that don't take away their independence in ways that don't make them feel entitled. And actually the last chapter is my favorite one, Linda, being a world opener, one who awakens grandkids to their own options and their potential and to the diversity of this world. There are just so many things that you can do as a grandfather, as sort of the patriarch of your family, as the one who, you know, may be able to bring some some wisdom to bear. And and I, I got to say this is true for both grand, grandmas and grandpas, Linda. Kids need someone who will listen to them and not judge them. And the problem with right. being a parent is you can't do that because your job as a parent is to sort of judge your children and evaluate them and help them and motivate them and discipline them and all that. But a grandparent can be someone who listens and who appreciates and who doesn't judge and, and is just always there for these and kids. And who is their champion. I mean, we right. champion these kids like, you can do this. We believe in you. And I think in some ways it's easier to confide things to a grandparent than it is to a parent sometimes. I do too. I, do I mean, too. not that there's going to be secrets involved, but just that there's going to be support there always, um, no matter no matter what. That supporting love makes such a huge difference. So you want to become a great listener. And, you know, the two... I, I've just always fallen back on two listening techniques, and I just want to pass them both on to you. If you're, if you're talking to a grandchild, number one, use the word really. This tremendous word that just gets in, in kids' minds and has them keep on talking. And you can say it in so many ways. You can say, really? Or you can say, really? Or you can say, really? And you can just keep them going, keep them talking, keep listening. And the other one is called Rogerian Technique, named after the great analyst, Carl Rogers, who, who learned that if you just repeat, sort of paraphrase back to what kids are saying, they'll keep talking. So you don't, you don't make a judgment or you don't give advice. You just, whatever they say, you say, ah, so what you're saying is, and you paraphrase it back. And the kid says, yeah, and then he goes on, he goes on, he goes on. And being a listening yeah. grandparent, what a powerful thing that can be for kids. Yeah, I love taking kids out when they live in these distant places, taking them out just one-on-one -on -one for little Grammy dates. And I like to take notes on what they say. And sometimes they say the funniest things. Oh, my goodness. They're so darling. And uh, you just learn things you can't learn any other way. Well, we've, got, we've, we've each got these books that we carry around. I've got a book when I just take notes whenever I'm with one of the grandkids on What's your favorite color? What's your favorite song? What's your favorite pop star? What's your favorite movie? And you're just trying to get to know them and you're writing things down and they can see how interested you are in them and in their lives. 
And that's the thing that will cement that relationship so that they'll always. And, and the other thing you can do is tell them some stories about you when you were their age. That's, that's like shocking to them. They look at you and they're like, wait a second. You were You young. were 10 once? <laughs> Was that before the dinosaurs left the earth? I mean, you know. Right. Well, you know, that leads me to my next point, which is how important it is to teach your kids about your life and about their ancestors' yeah, lives. About your and parents. One yeah. of the big parts of my book is about uh, getting kids grit and resilience by right. telling them ancestor stories and let it being familiar with your stories, the hard things that you went through. Um, sometimes we they, we either figure they know it or they don't want to know it, but it is so important for them to know that you've struggled through some hard things and the grandparents have struggled through tremendously hard things. And so they start thinking, you know what, you know, if they could do that, I can do this. I'm in, they're part of me. I have their blood in my veins. I can do this. You know, it's been huge. Yeah, it's really huge. One thing that works on that is, especially with kids who are maybe eight to 12 or so and they're, they're into, you know, they've just learned about fractions and about decimals and so on. It's kind of cool to look them in the eye and say, you know, you're one fourth from me. One fourth of your genetics came from me. Isn't that interesting? I'm honored that one fourth of you comes from me. And, you know, let me tell you a little about my dad. And I'm going to tell you a story about him. And you're, you're one eighth from him. One eighth of you comes from this guy. Yeah. And here's what he did one time when he had a hard day or a hard challenge. And, and, you know, kids start thinking, I'm just not some person that just popped up. I'm, I have a heritage. I have genetics. I have blood in my veins from these people. Yeah. You know, we've talked about that a little before in, in other shows, but it is amazing. Um, Bruce Feiler has a new book um, that talks about, in fact, has an article that's in, in the book about the fact that um, kids really are more resilient if they know about their ancestors and, and, and their family history. Um, during 9-11, uh, they, they were doing a little focus group and then 9-11 happened, these kids were in New York City, the same disaster happened to everybody and the kids that did the best were the ones that knew the most about their family history yeah. and about their <clears throat> and it just gave them resilience. So there are so many things we can do with our grandchildren. Now, before we run out of time, Linda, let's just review again. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're talking today about grandparenting. There's never going to be time on a radio show to get into all the things that we ought to talk about in terms of how to make that role a priority in our lives, how to be effective at it, how to influence your grandchildren, but do it in a way that doesn't make waves or cause problems with the parents. There's so much to talk about. And so we, we welcome your interest in them. And we would love to meet you at uh, the Deseret Bookstore. Where is it again? In Midvale. In Midvale at, at uh, 1230 to 230. Or if you miss it today, then next Saturday, the 12th, in the Deseret Bookstore downtown in Salt Lake City, right there on South Temple and from by the 1230 way, to 2.30. By the way, the address for the Midvale uh, store is 1110 East Fort Union Boulevard. So come on down. I know this is short notice, but come on down if you can between 12.30 and 2.30. And then again next Saturday downtown. Now just to wrap up, again, grandparenting. I don't know who thought of the name, but whoever it was was pretty bright, pretty brilliant, because if you if you take parenting and then you make it grand, that's what we're talking about here. A grand opportunity 
to influence. This is your legacy, folks. If you're a grandparent, this is your legacy is these grandkids. And we want to be a support to you in doing all you can to be a great grandparent. And we want you to do things that they'll remember. Think back of what will kids remember about me? I'm sure there are a lot of things you've already thought of, but it's so great. Remember, it's Mother's Day, and it's a fantastic gift for a mother. And Father's Day is coming up in June, too. So So we will see you next time. And thanks for being with us today on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye.